What's up, everybody? Michael Johnson here with the Business Choreography Podcast, and I'm excited that you joined me today because we have an incredible guest. Today, we have Stephanie Navinskis, and I think I said her name right. So let me tell you a little bit about her so that you get an, a little bit to, to get excited about. Stephanie is the CEO of Sizzle Force Marketing, a fractional CMO agency that services scaling companies. Since 1995, she's been developing brand-building marketing camp campaigns that have been used by companies including Starbucks. Quicksilver, the National Football League, and Cox Communications, along with thousands of privately owned companies. Stephanie has written for Forbes and Entrepreneur Magazine and is the author of the international number one bestseller, Absolutely Unforgettable, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Creating a Heart-Centered Brand and Standing Out in a Noisy World. Guys, I am so excited for you to meet her today, learn a little bit more about her story, and see how she can help you. So let's cue the intro and we'll jump right Listen, there's a lot to learn when growing and scaling your business. That's why we created the Business Choreography Podcast, where we talk about choreographing your marketing, operations, and sales into dynamic systems that increase your revenue and your impact. We'll explore solid business principles and discuss all things that make businesses dance to success with clarity. We'll help you figure out where the holes are in your business and what you can do to fix them. Think of us as your official business choreographers, aka your insider growth strategists. Remember, your choreography matters. Welcome to the Business Choreography Podcast. Stephanie, thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Awesome. Well, we're going to dig in because one of my favorite parts of the show and one of my favorite things to do is talk to fellow entrepreneurs that are in the trenches and doing the thing and making it happen for so many others out there. And so I want to dig in a little bit to the backstory behind all these incredible things that you've done that I read about in your bio for everybody. How did you get to this point? How did you start into the point where you were doing marketing? Yeah, you know, the funny thing is, I'm one of the few that knew exactly what I wanted to do very early on and never changed. So I have been in marketing, literally, I graduated from college with a degree in journalism. And three weeks later, I had my first job in a, at a newspaper back in the dinosaur ages when people used to <laughs> read them. And, uh, and then, you know, the whole dot com thing happened, and then wireless happened, and yada, yada. And here we are, uh, 20 whatever years later it is now. And uh, yeah, never left marketing. Started here and I plan to die here. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, coming from the days of newspapers, I mean, I, I remember it clearly. And, and it's been such a, a transition and such a crazy uh, development of technology through the years. What do you feel like has changed the most since your days of, of starting with newspapers to now? Like, what is the big difference these days? Well, of course, everything digital is is the big difference, right? But I think it's also, um, I think there's a huge difference in consumer behavior and the way that uh, marketing works as a whole, okay? It used to be a, a company would place an ad in a newspaper or even in the yellow pages, remember that, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, they would place an ad and the people that were interested would respond to the ad. Okay. It was just that simple. 
now we live in a world where there's much more dialogue, much more conversation between customers and companies, but not even customers, prospects and customers, or people that aren't even prospects, people that just happen to see the ad that aren't the right fit, right? The conversation, the dialogue is much more transparent, for better or worse, right? And it's uh, the conversations are taking longer. It takes longer to earn uh, trust in today's marketplace. It takes a lot of work to overcome the skepticism people have of being sold to or being misled or whatever their fears might be. And their fears are justified and real given some unfortunate experiences that have happened in the marketplace before. So that's, that's the biggest difference, I think. Yeah, I think that's, that's so potent. I mean, in the wild west of the internet days, it was a heck of a lot easier to get on and get that attention. But I I think you're right. So many, uh, like, like, I think it was in literally the wild west, there's so many bad people that, that maybe gave the internet a bad name straight away. And it made it, made it 10 times harder for those of us that are legit coming along and saying, Hey, we really do have this service that you need and that, that uh, you'd really benefit from. And yet there were all those maybe scammers and people that, that sort of gave it a a negative tint. How have you found to get over that uh, in your days of working with all these different companies and helping different people with their marketing? What have you done and found successful to sort of overcome that challenge? You know, I think one of the most important things that uh, that we've realized is the importance of being very honest in the way that we market, right? Um, not overselling, not pitching a, a story that somebody is like, oh, wow, and so dazzled by because it's not really realistic, right? Instead, just being realistic and talking to people about, you know what? These are realistic expectations that you can have as a result of marketing. And if you're looking for somebody to uh, provide this product or service and you will get realistic results from it, then we're a great source for that, right? So I think the biggest thing, that's why all the skepticism is in the marketplace is because people have overpromised and underdelivered one too many times. Right. And it's still it's still happening today, every day. I mean, log on to Facebook and how many ads are you going to see that are, you know, get rich quick overnight? You know, (laughs) right. I mean, we all know better. We all know better that those things very, very rarely work, if ever. Right. And so to me, if you want to overcome the skepticism and all of that stuff, be the one in a million honest company. Be the, be the company that is shooting straight with people and being real, you know, be human. So. I love that. I love that. And there's nothing that can, that can say honesty, like authentic, authentic actions and authentic talking and speaking to people. I love that. What do you feel like, you know, having gone through a lot of the different eras of marketing What do you feel like are one, two, or three of the most um, tried and true principles that that have stuck 
and held true even from the newspaper and yellow page ages all the way till today. Yeah, one of the first ones that comes to mind is the fact that humans at their core have not changed, okay? People want to feel seen, people want to feel understood, and people want to solve their problems. They want products and services that solve their problems. Um, and that hasn't changed. That's how it's always been and it's how it always will be. So the more that we as business owners can make our prospects and clients feel seen, understood, and like we can really solve their problems, the better off we're all going to be. They're going to be happier. They're going to be more willing to buy more because they believe in what you're doing. They know it works, right? They're going to tell their friends and family about you. Uh, your advertising costs are going to go down. All, all the good things, all of the good things happen. I think that's uh, super powerful. What do you think is the big misconception for business owners out there about marketing that that if we could adjust that for them right now, that they would be like, oh my gosh, I definitely have to get into marketing and, and doing more marketing for my business. Yeah. One thing is uh, that you have to be everywhere and do everything and test every new shiny object that comes <laughs> across your desk, right? Every day there's a new shiny object that, you know, right now all the rage is on AI and oh my gosh, if I use chat GPT or Jasper, or, you know, any of these things, um, you know, I can use the, whatever Microsoft is doing, you know, all, all the stuff, right? Everybody's all hyped up on that. Okay. Well, there will be some strengths that come from AI and there will be some weaknesses that come from AI, right? So just everybody take a chill pill, right? <laughs> <laughs> take a chill pill. And, 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 Settle down the horses, right? A uh, big misconception that people have is that one, but also um, that jumping into tactics without fully fleshing out your strategy is a feasible way to run a business. Right. It is actually a prescription for failure, right? right? And a lot of people, they want to skip the strategic planning part because it's not the necessarily fun or sexy part, right? right. It's, it's just like, oh, brother, now we got to get into all this demographic and psychographic research, blah, 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 right? And people don't necessarily find that fun. I do. I totally geek out. To me, it's like, yeah, this is so <laughs> fun, right? Um, but most people aren't like that, right? And so they think, well, we'll just skip that. We don't, that, you know, that's for companies, that's for the Coca-Colas of the world, right? That's not for a smaller, medium-sized company. And actually, that is so incorrect. Because one problem that I see people, uh, it, one mistake I see people make all the time is skipping the strategic planning part, jumping right into the tactic, then they try a tactic without a strategy, and because they don't have a good strategy, the tactic doesn't work, right? Or it doesn't produce the results they want. So then they get this idea in their heads that it doesn't work. And they just say, well, that doesn't work, you know, whatever. And it could be anything, you know, oh, you know, being on LinkedIn, yeah, that doesn't work. Um, oh, you know, getting on podcasts, oh, that doesn't work, 
right? Now, actually, that's not true. These things do work if you apply the right strategy to using them. So that's something that I'm always telling the companies that I'm working with is, hang on, just hang on a second. I know you're excited. I'm excited too, right? But the smart way to go about this is to go about it strategically and carefully. And that's how we get the best results. Right, right. I love that. I want to kind of jump back to something you alluded to um, in, in what you just said and ask you about message to market match so many times, regardless of whether they're at the beginning of their business journey or they're down the road and having to adjust because of the yellow pages to the internet, uh, a lot of companies find themselves with the challenge of finding that message to market match. And you, you kind of brushed over and talked about it just a bit. And I want to dig into that a little bit more. How can we help them to understand how to best find that match, how to best bring something that maybe they have been selling, but now all of a sudden isn't selling because somehow their message kind of missed the target now. How can we get them back on track to find that message to market match? Well, one thing I think it's really important for people to know is that you don't just find a message to market match one time and keep that for all of eternity, right? <laughs> That rarely, rarely, if ever works, okay? So you need to get in the habit and, and set the expectation that you need to reevaluate your message because the market changes. And every time the market changes, your message needs to change too. If it doesn't, you're going to um, really become irrelevant, right? right? And you're gonna appear to be out of touch and whatnot. So that first thing is really setting that expectation inside, like in my own head as a business owner, that I need to reevaluate re my messaging frequently, right? And um, yeah, that's my answer. To I, that. think that's, I think that's kind of in some ways painful for a lot of business owners, right? Because it, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort and emotional connection to your client and the person you're serving. So how have you been able to help your clients be able to kind of revisit that again, even though there's some like, maybe some like, oh my gosh, I have to do that again. That like last time I did it, it was so hard. How do you go about making it easier for them? Well, one thing that we do is we like to compact all of this, what you're calling emotional effort into one really powerful day, right? So, I mean, a lot of times traditionally in marketing, you know, you can spend months and, you know, some, some companies I know will spend eight, nine, 10 months working on this stuff, right? And it just feels like, oh my gosh, before you know it, a whole year is gone. And we finally got our message dialed in only to hear a few years later that you have to change it. Are you kidding? Right? I get it, right? So what we actually have developed is a process to expedite um, dialing in on your message and dialing in on your strategy in one day. We call it a get it done day. Nice. And uh, it's something that was actually birthed out of COVID. It was kind of interesting because <laughs> we had uh, a lot of clients that had been in business for 25, 30 plus years, right? And then COVID happens. The world turns upside down. Nobody knows what left from right is, right? 
And we had many, many clients who were making massive pivots, you know, going from selling, you know, whatever, selling books to all of a sudden selling aprons, right? That's a hypothetical example, but demonstrate the idea, right? Um, We learned through that process, okay? Everybody was kind of trying to figure out what's next? How How do we do this? And we weren't expecting to be selling aprons right now. In fact, we don't even know what people, what aprons people like, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And we don't have time to figure it out because our business has literally shut down because of the pandemic. So what do we do to get money in the door quickly? So we invented this this thing where we uh, took exercises that formerly did take months to complete and we condensed them into really just getting to the core, to the meat of what really matters, what really makes things tick and move forward and uh, created the Get It Done Day. And we've been doing those. We started doing it um, early on in COVID with one of our clients who was making a massive pivot. And it, again, it was it was the sense of urgency. Our business has virtually shut down. We have to make a, a massive pivot and we have to make it fast. So in this one day, we complete four uh, exercises and at the end of the get it done day, they walk away with their strategy and messaging dialed in like that in a day, which makes it so much less painful than the eight to 10 month version. Oh yeah. I love that. And with, with something like the pandemic really, you know, it, it, it changed a lot of people's worlds, but for so many, it's really helped them to reinvent and really be able to take the necessary steps for their business to be able to last for uh, decades to come instead of just maybe it'll make it. And I love that, that uh, you know, there's something really powerful about immersion and, and that get it done day is really uh you know, reminiscent of that, that idea that, you know, when we can dive in and when we can really just get in and immerse ourselves in what's going on, you can really get a lot of stuff done. I want to kind of kick back for a second to, uh, you, you had mentioned and, and kind of talked a little bit about AI earlier mm-hmm. with AI right here on our doorstep, uh, you know, having just, uh, sort of, knocked the world out and taken the world by storm. Everybody's doing something with AI. Everybody's talking about AI. And I'd love, you kind of alluded to the fact that, hey, AI isn't going to necessarily be the solution. What do you feel like are the biggest challenges in marketing right now with what's being released in AI? I think humans by nature are always looking for the easy button. (laughs) And I think that the way AI has been positioned by the media, it appears to be the easy button. Oh my gosh, I don't need a copywriter ever again. (laughs) I can just go to my friend ChatGPT and enter a prompt and voila, everything is written for me. Um, What people are not considering is uh, the void of human-to-human copywriting and messaging and how important that is. And I'm just going to talk about AI in terms of um, writing, if that's okay, because there's different types, right? Um, But in terms of of writing content or copy, um, 
the, there's a statistic that's been around for a long time that proves true over and over and over again in different research studies that people, 90% of purchases are based on emotions. Okay, AI is a robot. Robots don't have emotions. Okay, robots cannot tap into emotions. Robots do not have experiences that they can tap into. Robots will never understand human to human relationships, right? So it can only go so deep. It can only go um, so, um, make something so relevant to someone. And going back to what I said earlier, making someone feel seen, heard, and understood with the words that it writes. Because the truth is, it doesn't see you, it doesn't understand you, and it doesn't hear you, right? right? And so, you know, yes, we all know AI will continue to improve and whatnot. And what it ends up being, you know, 10 years from now, I don't know. None of us know, right? But right now, I have a, a very strong belief that AI is a tool. I see it as a marketing research assistant. Okay. If I want, if I want to use it to get some ideas, you know, generating and flowing, right? Great. Would I ever put a prompt into AI, copy and paste it and publish it? Absolutely not. It's going to lack heart. It is going to lack, you know, if you read enough of AI generated content, you'll see it's very robotic in nature. Right now, if you only read one or two pieces, you might be like, oh, I think it's pretty good. Right. But the more you read it, I mean, we've our team is all hands on deck when it comes to this right now, because it's the biggest issue in our industry. And and we have been all hands on deck for several months now with all of this. And the more you read it, the more it all starts to sound the same. Right. And so companies that embrace AI as a replacement for human to human marketing are making a huge mistake because basically you're saying, I believe artificial intelligence is more powerful, more connecting, more relevant than human intelligence. And it simply isn't true. The human mind is and always will be the greatest machine ever created. And there's no robot that can replace it. That's crazy. I, I totally agree. And, you know, the the, the part that I, I find fascinating is that we know very clearly that the AI and machines have learned based off of what's on the internet and right. what it's been fed. And so if it is caught up and fed essentially up until let's say 2021 mm -hmm. uh, last year, then if all of a sudden we have this massive influx of it feeding us mm -hmm. and creating stuff off of what was created, then we're going to have this massive void of original work and original thought being put into the internet. So therefore anything it's going to learn off of it, off of future times is going to start to have this void in it. And I don't know how that's going to be fixed. I don't know how they're going to adjust for that. I don't know how the AI and, and the world will adjust, but there is very clearly a hole coming and that hole will be 
only replaceable by humans coming up with original uh, content and original ways of speaking and original thoughts and creativity. And so I love how you've pointed that out. And it'll be fascinating to see how that is advanced in as we move forward. I, uh, I'm super curious about what the experience is like for, let's say, one of our listeners. If they wanted to dig in and start working with you and maybe do the get it done in a day kind of thing, what what does it look like when a customer were to come on board and, and say, hey, yeah, we want to work with you and we want to do something with you guys specifically? What does that look like? Yeah, so every get it done day is unique right? It's not a cookie cutter solution. Everyone is unique based on where the company is right now, where they've been in the past, and where they want to go. So I will tell you the part that is standard is a get it done day consists of completing four different exercises. Now, which exercises those are going to be <laughs> are dependent on those last three questions. Sure. Where have you been? Where are you going? And where are you right now? Right. Um, but the, it could include, I'll tell you, some of our more popular ones that uh, that our clients select. A lot of times uh, one of the exercises will be uh, identifying their differentiators. It is uh, where the world is different post covid. It is different. So if a company has been around for a long time, they're oh, we know our differentiators. We did that work 15 years ago. Okay, well, guess what? The world's changed. (laughs) And so is your competition, right? So um, we will often do, uh, we have a very, very thorough proprietary process of identifying differentiators for a company that are very relevant in today's marketplace. So that's one of the exercises that we uh, often will do. Another one that we'll often do is identifying the customer journey right? Um, Customer journey is kind of a trendy word in marketing. A lot of people throw it around. I have heard different people explain it in different ways. So I'll tell you what it means to us is identifying uh, seven key steps in the marketing process. Okay. So what are you going to do to make sure that people are aware that your company exists and to stimulate engagement with your company? And then what are you going to do to grow your list? Because if you're not growing a list, you're leaving a lot of money on the table. And you're also taking a huge risk of who knows what's going to shut down where, right? I mean, every other day, TikTok, we're shutting it down. No, we're not. Yes, we are. No, we're not, right? Okay, so one day we're all going to wake up and something's going to be gone. And if we haven't created a list, we're in real trouble, right? Because our our whole market's gone. All right. So then um, once you have uh, created your list, it's how do you get that initial conversion? Okay. And that conversion can look different. For some companies, that conversion is going to be a a monetary trade for a product or service. For other companies, it's not going to be that yet. A conversion will be a, a trade of time. Right. So, for example, if I uh, if I offer demos of a software that I've created, right, I can 
my first level conversion will be getting somebody to give me an hour or however long it takes to, to go through a demo to show them the value of what I offer. And that hour is more important to me than getting a couple hundred bucks in the door, right? Because I know that hour can lead to five, six, seven figures in revenue, okay? So after that conversion, then it's how are we going to nurture people, right? Like there's some people who after that initial conversion, they're ready to buy or they do buy, right? But how do we keep them excited if they don't buy? Or even if they do buy at that low level, um, how do we keep them having a, a happy experience, keeping them exciting, wanting, wanting more, craving more? The next step in the journey that we work on is what we call the ascension ladder. And how do we maximize every opportunity that we have uh, to earn more revenue with a client? What packages do we put together? What, you know, what are the upsells? What, it, what does it look like in an ideal world? And then there's two more steps. The next one is uh, advocate, where we're trying to figure out what are we going to do to generate social proof? Because like it or lump it, we live in a social proof world. And if we don't have a plan to generate it and control it, it will control itself. And that's a slippery slope. Okay. And then that last stage is where, what are we going to do to get other people promoting our products and services? Okay. So that, that is the customer journey that we work on. That could be exercise number two. It often is exercise number two in the get it done day. And then um, a third a third exercise that we'll often do is something called a growth audit. And this is where we identify, um, you know, we typically we do this in conjunction with that journey exercise where we've identified these seven different stages, but what comes first, right? A company only has so much money and it only has so much time, right? So how there's 20 million things we could do. What should we do first? And what is that going to look like? So we'll do that exercise to identify that stuff. And then uh, a fourth exercise, again, we have so many they can choose from. Um, a lot of times people will ask us to create a marketing calendar for them. Um, so by the time the get it done day service is completed, they have a very clear customer journey. They have absolute clarity on how they're different and how to stand out in a very noisy, crowded marketplace. They know exactly what to do first and why and where to put their resources of time and money. And they have a marketing calendar ready to implement and move out of strategy and into that tactical implementation stage where everybody loves to be. Wow. I mean, there's so many options and so many cool choices uh, that, that they can do. What, what are some ways that they can get in touch with you? Cause I'm sure you've sparked some interest and I'm sure that some people are like, Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. And I'd love to choose from those. How can they best get in touch with you uh, so that, that they can get something going? Yeah. Well, if you, if you want to talk to me, the best way to talk to me is to uh, schedule an appointment, uh, which you can do on my website, sizzleforce.com forward slash schedule. Okay. Nice. I'll give you access to the calendar. You can book an appointment and, and we'll jump on a zoom call and, and talk about all the things. 
you can also find me on LinkedIn and I know my last name is really scary. So I know that uh, you're going to go ahead and post a link to my LinkedIn profile there. Thank you. Oh, I see it right there. Look at you. Um, you can also just go to the website and, and look at sizzleforce.com. That's awesome. I put those both on the screen for those of you that are watching. If not, we'll have them for sure in the uh, description and in the notes. So please go in and check it out. Guys, we could stay here chatting about all this delicious marketing information and knowledge. Stephanie, thank you so much for sharing with us your wisdom and some of your journey today. Man, we'll have to do it again sometime. I am so thankful that you joined us today. And to our audience, we will see you again the next time. Thank you so much, Stephanie. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. Want more business choreography? Check out our website at bizchoreo.com to find out more. And find out how the choreography for your marketing operations and sales can raise your revenue and create more impact. Remember, every business needs choreography.